Hello and welcome once again to an episode, to another episode of Leisure Time with Duncan and Jonathan. As always, I am Duncan. And as always, I'm Jonathan. Now, for this subject matter, we're going to be talking about something that we that is near and dear to our hearts, but we do not have a lot of first-hand experience, at least not yet. <laughs> um, in fact, right. I think the closest I've gotten to this experience is riding a pony days of, let's say, seven to eight. <laughs> That's yeah. about as far as I go with mine. Yeah, I mean, like I said, because we also, it was my mother helped out at a, a stable in the Memphis, Tennessee area when she was, I want to say she was in high school at this point for the most part. And she was, um, and she said it was an English, and I actually asked about it this morning, because she said it was a, it was an English discipline was English writing was uh, English writing was the discipline that they taught at that particular facility because this was in the seventies, so Western style had not really taken off yet, at least not a on a as large a scale, I guess would be the right wording. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, at that point, it's, um, the the Western culture was still kind of. circuit was not exactly as big as it is now. Yeah, I was going to say the rodeo circuit did a lot to, you know, bring up that Western style discipline. Yeah, because she said that when she first sat on a um, Western saddle, it she felt she felt more comfortable. It was stable. It was it was much, there was more stability. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and I, I would imagine that for a lot of first time. Riders, whether it's you know rodeo or equestrian, or you're just raising horses in your barn, which I know quite a few of the people that I went to school with, they are very well versed in that subject. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's also very good for therapy purposes, which is I mean, which is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I feel like more so now because a lot of movies centered around horses have kind of come out it's more there's more discussion to be had about equestrian or horse racing or you know the Kentucky Derby as well you know you start to see more of a profile for that yeah in fact yeah in fact and uh, I actually texted Jonathan a couple of um screenshots from this uh I back in October um I got the I got a subscription to the digital edition of Horse Illustrated magazine, and yes, that's horse is in the animal, not horse. It, yeah, you're not you're mishearing that. Yeah, and it's well. No, I know a lot of people may think you know it's appearing as Horse Illustrated, but no, it's out there. It exists. Yeah, and it and it and it's been out for and it's been in regular publication. Ten issues a year for decades. It goes, <laughs> yeah, it's like several decades. So yeah, it's just one of those it's things. Like that you subscription. I always wonder about that because I know sometimes it could be you get a great deal on it, or you 
you know, in the case of when I used to have a pop side subscription, you yep. know, you were interested in the subject matter, so you just kind of went ahead and pulled the trigger, so to speak. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was that. It goes, um, it goes for the last, uh, let's say just around three years ago, we start, we started, we, we stumbled across by, by accident, I don't remember what, how, which one of us started this, but my mom and myself stumbled across, um, the, uh, Canadian TV series, um, Heartland <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> so. Which, Heartland has not only a deep, uh, collection of seasons, which is far deeper than I was expecting to, but it also has a, um, called following. Like, it's not quite in the same vein as, say, like a, the good place where it's like a runaway hit, but it's no slouch either. Well, there's also the fact that it takes a slow burn approach to certain <laughs> to the character arcs. They are not because the character arcs actually take a slow burn approach to them. They don't this. Yeah, and there is continuity lockout, but it's not as bad as it as other stuff usually is. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think that they took a good approach with that particular series because while it is there, it's not as you know, like you said, not as severe as say like Chicago Fire, where you know if you're not keeping up with the seasons, you're, you're going to be lost. Just you know, just don't even pursue. Yeah, and and their spinoffs, forget it. <laughs> like, yeah, and then spinoff you do. <laughs> and, and then um, my first exposure to that whole Kentucky Derby thing, I think it was the Hey Har- Arnold episode where I swore for nail he got a horse, but turned out to not be a horse at all. I don't know how you confuse a donkey and a horse, but that's another story. And then, um, I want to say it was a scene in, um, I, I believe it was It Takes Two where, uh, one of the twins was riding equestrian too. I want to say that's where I first got exposed to that. Yeah, I mean, that, you're right. That's one of those things where they, I think that, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, and I actually just looked it up, and there, and there was actually a horse riding, I'm not quite sure what the right wording, like a school or facility here in Athens, Alabama, and there's another one in Decatur, just, actually, or just where I work, um, and there are two in Huntsville proper, <laughs> so at least they have Huntsville addresses, and that seems to be it. It's just not surprising, I mean, because... You know, the further south you get, it's going to be more. Not to say that there aren't any horse riding places up north. No, no, no. But I will say, you tend to see a higher concentration of, you know, horse riding places or, you know, a lot of horse feed or whatever the case may be, the further south you go because that's just, you know, certain areas that they're just going to really get into the whole farming, horse racing, you know, being able to raise animals, you know, that, that whole culture run deep. <laughs> Especially if you're in like a small town, like in Iowa somewhere, where you bet that pretty much all you had to do, so you had no other choice. 
you got a couple of those. And then, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's one of those things where, and there's also a radio, I think we talked about this earlier, but there's also a rodeo arena in this area <laughs> where they have a, where they have an annual rodeo every March or May, I forget which. <laughs> But, yeah. Now, which ever attend the rodeo? That's that's one of those things that I want to do just to see, you know, how they experience it. I've never been, but I would go. And also, um, just to say you've done it. <laughs> yeah, else. it's like one of those things where you just want to go and see it for yourself and see how it is because it tends to attract, you know, a lot of large crowds, and it's one of those. Uh, sporting or entertainment experiences that you know is unlike anything else because it's yep. you know you can't really compare it to anything a rodeo is just going to be a rodeo and when I think of rodeo for some reason I always think of Texas like that's the first state that pops in my head Because Texas, I feel like they have more of a culture around it. More so than you might see in my home state, you know, North Carolina. I'm sure it's there, but it's probably not to the degree that, you know, areas like Houston, Texas, or San Antonio, or whatever the case might be. Yeah, there's also the fact that you were, you grew up primarily, at least your formative years. We're in the or Northern Virginia, and there's a lot, <laughs> which is ironically where the source material for the aforementioned Heartland was set. <laughs> which is funny because you know, by all accounts, it's a Canadian TV series, though, from what I've seen, anyway. Yeah, yeah, because the show is set in Alberta, but the books are set in the. I I want to say they're set um, in the. Central um, Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. So, <laughs> so that, that's just an interesting thing. No, no. And then let me see, what's another rodeo thing I can think of? Um, when when uh, an episode of Doug, where Doug was just telling the whole bunch of tall tales, <laughs> he made his thing right. He was out there roping a lot of cattle, but it really wasn't like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then you had, um, what's another one? Oh, yeah, um, I, yeah, it's still, and you had the, yeah, okay, oh, there are a couple other ones, okay. So, yeah, I mean, and then you have, um, and this actually was, in the, this was actually a big deal because the remaster of the original, well, okay, technically it's the second one because Revolver came before it, but but um, the original Red Dead Redemption has recently been dropped for the 7th and 8th generation consoles. Yeah, 7th, well, okay. Kind of no, the whole Western culture back to the forefront because Westerners are kind of in a weird spot because they, they went through a boom. Or 8th and ninth, I forget which. <laughs> they, they, which went, they went through a boom, you know, especially in the 50s through 70s. I feel like that's the golden era, like where, you know, you started to see Western dramas that really took off. A yeah. little bonanza and gun smoke. <laughs> yep. And have got more travel, should probably just be name drop at minimum. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the Rifleman 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually funny because you, you, you working in the environment I work in, it's actually interesting because you, because the current majority of the residents there grew up in the 50s and 60s, with some that go back even further, but not by much, simply because of human lifespan being what it is. Um, yeah, so... I think the oldest one there was born in the late 30s, but I'm not certain of that. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so you mostly just got interested in that too. Um, so I can talk about, and there was actually, now I have not gotten confirmation this, so they haven't spoken to him per, about it directly, but I did overhear one of the, the um, nursing staff talking to one of the residents and saying that he had heard that he was a cowboy before retiring. <laughs> so, so I don't know oh, if that... I would love to hear more about that. I hope you do get confirmation because I, I would love to know it. You know, it's a lot of dramatization of that lifestyle out there. But yeah. I want to know the real deal, you know, because I, I know TV shows exaggerate sometimes, so I want to know... Oh, most of them do, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> And cross the board. Oh yeah, so you got a couple of those, and then um, yeah. So you got yeah, and there's also yeah, and on um, yeah, you can get this via Amazon Kindle or um, or the Nook store. But yeah, there there are several different um ebooks that you can get that compile Western stories from the pulp era and <laughs> the like. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that Yellowstone is just kind of taking over in terms of, like, you know, critical acclaim, you know, fan acclaim, all those things. Like, yep. Which isn't it, surprising, but at the same time, it kind of is because it's that old school, gritty Western feel, which you would think, you know, wouldn't quite work in today's climate, but. You know, it's a book. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to Mr. Costner's uh, acting abilities that he was able to get so many people's attention. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, there's also the fact that now, one thing I. This is also one of those funny things about. It's aired on the Paramount Network, but it's, but it's on. But it, the show streams on Peacock, and yet its prequel series is on Paramount Plus, which is just. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's a confusing thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I because, mean. Because, like, when I started seeing Yellowstone pop up on uh, CBS, you know, the cable network, I was like, wait a minute. Kind of threw me off a bit. <laughs> And we should probably mention that, you know, the English style of discipline, that's the equestrian that you see with, with the hats and, uh, you know. Well, the helmets, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the helmet thing. Yeah, it's usually at the Olympics, that's usually the one that they go at the Olympics, too, so, as a rule. And it, yes, equestrian is a, in an Olympic sport, yes it is. Yeah. Well, I I some disappointing art. To the '96 uh, Atlanta Olympics, because they, they had like the symbols representing uh, different sports, and I was like, "Wait, that's a horse! What kind of sport 
yeah, Apollo is one of the ones they usually showcase, and then you have um the and then you have the uh, hunter jumpers, what they call it, where they have the little um those little faint those little. Is it? I'm not quite sure what the how you would describe. I don't know what the wording is, but it's those um the ones where you have to jump over those fence like things. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite think of the wording, but I definitely know what it is. You're speaking. Yeah, you can pick, you, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and one thing that's um, I speaking of irony with uh. Because there was the show that, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. Adam Ruins Everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he, he did that um, episode uh, debunking all those cliches and tropes with um, the, the standard Western stories. <laughs> Which I'm glad he did that because. <laughs> You know, the movies are entertaining to watch, but I, I just yep. need people to understand. Like, you know, if you read a book on, you know, how the Wild West actually was, you probably won't see too many of the movie tropes being used just because, just a heads up. Yeah, I mean, to the point that, um, yeah, one of the fun things is because another fun thing is that you learn that, uh, say, Rooster Cogburn from. True Grit was actually a real man, and he was not a federal marshal. He was, <laughs> yeah, he was an outlaw. People, he was not. Yeah, he was, he was not. Now, now, True Grit is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is. Yeah. Very I'm gonna say, like, if I ever make a top ten westerns, which I need to make that list, because I'm thinking, I'm seeing, I haven't seen. Every Western is out there, but I've seen uh, enough to be able to make a top ten. Yeah. I would say True Grit probably ranks as of right now <laughs> in my top five. Of course, I'm putting Sons of Cain Hill there in too. Now, don't forget there was also the remake with. Um, <laughs> are you talking about the original one with John Wayne, or the remake with uh, Jeff Bridges? <laughs> In this case, I'm talking about the original. Although the remake is great and it's it's on the right too. In fact, most people think it was better because they actually got the accents right. (laughs) Absolutely, I think that's one of those remakes where it makes sense. Like it's not, you know, you take what was great about the original, but you add more to it to where it's not. You know, a disgrace to the original in any way. Like, it's not trying to overdo it. Like, it's very well done. Um, now, in the case of the Kentucky Derby, obviously, you had a movie as both Secretary and Sea Biscuit. Yeah. Although, of those two, Sea Biscuit was not actually at the Derby because he was not ruled eligible as a three year old, which is a which is the only year which stallions are allowed to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. And I should mention that, you know, Seabiscuit is, has more of a grit to it because Secretary is a Disney flick, so it's only so far they can go with it. Well done, mind you. But, you know, Seabiscuit, they kind of got not too much more extreme, but you could definitely tell, you know, they had more leeway to kind 
mean, and there's also the fact that now that um, because of the fact that they, the other thing about horse racing is that they've really tied it in with motorsports lately a lot because they have a lot of crossover with their um, commentators. <laughs> I've noticed. True, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because Fox has because FS2 has an entire um, usually during the. During, during the segment of the year when they're not covering NASCAR as much, because they still have the truck series exclusively for at least the 2024 season. Um, you know, they haven't announced it. The only thing they've announced so far for the next contract is the Xfinity series. They have not announced either Cup, Trucks, ARCA, <laughs> KNN. <laughs> they still get TV coverage, but they're not as... Robust, I guess, would be the right word. And that's a fair point. That's a good segue into horse racing because you kind of are equestrian as a sport. You kind of have to know somebody who knows the TV channel about that because it's not. I watch the City Olympics, which is on NBC um, or USA now. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't covered in the mainstream as much. Like, it's there, but it's not to NASCAR level in any, by any stretch. Yeah, but the Triple Crown in particular and the preliminary stuff around and all that showing, all that showmanship, that's always covered by NBC proper. And then you have, um, like I said, Fox has, uh, that's when you make it a point, that's every, I think it's every Saturday afternoon when, when, when they're not showing college football, they tend to have, um, they call it America's Day at the Races where they actually showcase horse racing around the country if not the world as a whole because I honestly don't know for certain yeah, I mean because there, there are you know concentration people you know that like horse racing I'm sure there's a lot of crossover between college football fans and you know fans of horse racing as well now ship out when I tend to think of college football, I tend to think South. I know there are a lot of Northern teams, but I'm, I'm saying like yeah. Alabama, Texas, Georgia, like the SEC, yeah, because <laughs> in particular, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the eight, yeah, the SEC and part of the ACC tend to get the most coverage. <laughs> they do, like at least in this part of know, the country. I, and, and I know, you know, Pat, uh, what is it? Big Ten, Pac-12, I know they feel some type of way because it's like, you know, ACC and SEC, they get, like you said, they get a ton of cup. Yeah. But, yeah, and, um... West, I feel sorry for them because <laughs> you barely see them on mainstream cup. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, we actually were talking about, I think we were watching, um, Blazing Saddles about a decade or so ago, we were watching it I'd seen it before, but but one of the things that we were talking about is that I did not really have much of a frame of reference for most of what the what um, Mr. Brooks was making fun of <laughs> because 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 it's a generational thing. My parents were raised on westerns, and that was actually the demographic for he was targeting. He was the demographic he was targeting were rate were the were those who were the baby boomers. Generation X and their parents, <laughs> respectively. Yeah, that's what it was made for. Because that's you guys. You guys they, they grew up on, like we said, Bonanza, Gunsmoke, um, the Rifleman, uh, 
In our case, our main exposure to that was the fact that, and also wagon training, because we should probably mention that one. <laughs> yeah, also wagon training, yeah. Because, yeah, wagon training to the stars was not just a metaphor, it was actually a reference to something, kids. <laughs> and, and I think, like you said, it's just a generational thing, because by the time, you know, we came to be in this world, Westerners had kind of. I don't want to say going away forever, but they have fallen out of favor. And I feel like we were the sitcom generation. That, that was us. We kind of, you know, the 70s kind of, you know, the 60s and the 70s may have started it all, but we kind of, you know, took the torch. Yeah. Well, that and space opera really hit it. Was really yeah, full swing when space that opera point. hit, that's when the Westerns really started to. I didn't even realize that I mean, when we were watching it, for the, when I was watching it for the first time in high school and after graduation, post graduation, I did not realize that um, that a space western. Like, I didn't even know what that was a concept. I mean, and you, then you hear the explanation is that yeah, I mean, and then you have because like there's another thing is um, Starcraft was a space western. They just didn't really. <laughs> it's never clicked with me until I was sitting. Saying, uh, watching over Kai's shoulder while she was playing the second one, um, and said, "Yeah, I was a space western, and I and I feel like an idiot for not <laughs> realizing that <laughs> earlier." <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, you know, the next generation—I'm quite sure, you know—with Yellowstone being out, this is probably their first exposure to the western genre as a whole. Because let's face it. The demographic for westerns or western movies tends to not always because you gonna have some younger viewers, yes you are, but they tend to skew more to the I'm gonna call it the season side of things to be nice, the season people. Yep. Which actually brings okay, segue. I, I don't know if we're as thought of this. I don't want to drop the ball here. So, okay, now. I can see this working in several different ways, but I'm not quite sure if it would work. What the homeboy western or the? Or the oh my goodness! I would love to see that. <laughs> Just I, I the homeboy be Commentators on like classic western films that we could swing. I would love to see what they do. Okay, so more like Mystery Science Theater or Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, like I'm going to see them commentate on a stagecoach or something like that. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. That. I was just trying to think what, what it works or what, it, or what a dude ranch set up be more feasible. I can see the dude ranch just because they'd be too funny. Like, they'd be the least likely people to think that you were seeing a dude ranch. But. While running it, you know, I just see them really getting into characters being Western outlaws. I mean, yeah, they already are, you know, doing what they do. So it's just like, hey, it might be right up the alley. Never know. So yeah, more money, more money, more money, without using, without digging for your money, <laughs> <laughs> or panning, or <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever it works. For me personally, is probably the oldest Western I've seen because it came out. I'm gonna say the mid thirties. So that's probably the oldest. Yeah, 
I've got the chance to see? Well, for me, it's either, um, I guess it would have to be, the oldest one I know for certain would have to be Red River with um, a young, well, young-ish, um, John Wayne. <laughs> Classic. I love Red River. <laughs> yeah. Haven't seen it in, you haven't seen it for about I'm 10 years, but still. John Wayne's output, I would say, because my, my uncle, it's my uncle's fault. He, it's, it's all his fault, because he told me to watch. I think the first John Wayne movie I ever saw, I want to say, was. Thing. It might have been the man shot Liberty Valance. It might have been him. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. You're right. Yeah, I mean, another thing is that you don't realize. I mean, also, I think part of it is that you just don't have. Now, graphic audio has a lot of westerns on there, and I've, and I've listened to a few of them. And it's one of those things where it really does help with the. I mean, because because the the format is they they it's basically audio plays for those of you who are not familiar with how they handle it it's 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 like um it's cinematic production level <laughs> just like just an audio form it's not <laughs> yeah, so so you get a lot of you gotta know about westerns is they kind of utilize a lot of slow burn you yep. understand it's especially you your action oh yes you will. Yep. But it's a builder. Yep, yep, yepers. If, if you're the type that wants to John Wick, like, you know, right off the bat, you know, where it just goes straight into it, it might not be for you. Because John Wick is, by all accounts, it's, it, you know what it reminds me of? John Wick reminds me of, like, you know, like, Roadhouse or, um, Cobra or you know something weird. As soon as you put it on, something happens. You know, there, there's no slow burning that at all. Because once you put Cobra on, you immediately know or Commando or pretty much any of one of those type of movies. You already know it's gonna be action. Because Roadhouse, slow burn, those those four words don't belong in the same scene. No, no, it's Roadhouse is some over the top cheesy act, and that's just what it is. Now, Westerns, on the other hand, you gotta have a bit of patience. You really do. You gotta. I don't know how Gen Z will handle watching True Red. I really don't know. They're original, by the Western. I don't know how that would go. Because the whole setup is different. I think back in those days, it was more about like, okay, let's really build a story, or let's build a canon and tell a story in a slow. Burn. You know what? Another good example of slow burn is for a few dollars more. <laughs> yep, that's a big one. I feel like that is definitely slow burn. Said, okay, you pretty much walked right. In, you open the door here. Well, you know, let's walk right through it. Okay, spaghetti westerns discussion. Yo. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the spaghetti questions. Now, for those of you who may not know why it's called a spaghetti western, it's because they're mainly based off of Italian films. They usually 
you've seen for the English film, or what you see for the well, English translations, rather, are usually based off a It's the name. And Sergio Leone is probably one of the more well-known spaghetti directors, spaghetti western directors out there. Yeah, I mean, and you're also uh, yeah, you also bring up and and, and um, good, the bad, and the, the dollars trilogy is what they call it because there's no confirmation to this, and, and I have never met. Um, if I ever do meet um, Clint Eastwood, I'm going to ask him about this because it's, I don't know he's never actually confirmed it one way or the other, but. But yeah, it's never been confirmed whether the whether he plays the same character in all three of those movies. <laughs> no, it's never really been, especially because the character has no name. Well, he's aimless throughout most of those films. Yeah, I mean, well, they do say he's called Blondie in the um, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is the most famous of those three, at least nowadays. Which, by the way, if you ever saw the good, the bad, the ugly, be aware that it's part three of the trilogy, okay? Yep. Yeah, there were two right. others. A lot of people mix that up. Yeah, because like I said, I've only, yeah, I've only seen the, like, cold open, if you can call it that, of A, a Fistful of Dollars, and I've never, and in 20 dollars, never seen um, a few dollars more, so. <laughs> See, A Fistful of Dollars is probably the hardest one to find. Like, it'll be on streaming for like, 2BTV is pretty good about it, because they usually have it on their stream, but you gotta catch well, they, Yeah, they, they rotate. They disappear about a month later, so you gotta yeah. catch it. Yeah, because they rotate a lot of stuff through there, you don't realize that, you're right. I would say they're probably the best about rotating. We're, we're gonna do a whole episode on them. Oh yeah, we're we gonna put the spotlight on them. We will. We'll get to it. But I think a lot of people probably think the good and the bad and the ugly stands on its own, which it does in some ways, but again, it's part three of a trilogy. Yeah. More money, more money, more money. <sighs> now, a fistful of dollars I actually did see about, I want to say about a year ago now. For a few dollars more, I think, was the last one that I was able to actually sit down and watch, but I didn't think it was part of the trilogy at all. I didn't. Unless you do some research on it, you have no way of knowing. <laughs> yeah, another thing that you that tends to come up with a lot in um, Western and Western-inspired or adjacent stories is the mail-order bride <laughs> Yeah, that's trope. one of those things that just when you look back at a lot of those older westerns, I'm going to say it hasn't aged well at all. Well, it's still around as a concept. <laughs> yeah, it's still around as a concept, but it's like one of those things where you just kind of have to take it for what it is. It was a product of its time. And, yep. You know, just take it for what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it, it's sort of like the N-word all in Huck Finn. You want, you want to stay... Those of you who understand what it is, just take it for what it is. You, yeah. you know it's the way it's written. Yeah, and, so, and by all accounts, the way that it's written, and we actually preferred that she did because it was just like, we know he wrote it that way, so just do it. Yeah, just roll with it. He was he himself did not mean anything by it. It was just it was, it was the 
sign of the times, and his audience expected it. That, that just, just, yeah. Now, could we also give the side out of Miss Agatha Christie for what she called in and there were none at first? Oh, we sure can. Yeah. But, but we won't say it out loud. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, we won't go there. If you know, you know. Great book, by the way, but just cringe title at first. <laughs> at least for a modern audience. Yeah, like that. Oh, man. Uh, now, all the, all the publishing people, I know you want to preserve the original novel as it is, but please, under no circumstances, print it under as a written title. Ever. <laughs> Ever. And I will say that could also just as well apply to the depiction of Native Americans in a lot of those Western films. Again, you just have to take it with a grain of salt <laughs> for what it is. You know, sort of like the uh, you know the Alamo or Geronimo or those Land and like all those things. You just have to take them. For what they are. Yep. Great films, but you could say their portrayal of Native Americans has an angel. You go there. I'll go there. I'll go with you. I've always wondered how. I mean, I, I, as far as I know, I've never met anyone who's related to him, but I've always wondered how people, how his descendants and. And descendants of his. I'm assuming he had siblings. I always wondered what Geronimo's. Um, relatives feel about that. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. And I'm also wondering how they feel about dancing with wolves too, like, you know, that whole thing. Because I feel like that's probably the one that our generation probably knows the most about in terms of, like, modern westerns and maybe Tombstone too. Yep. And then, of course, you have City Slickers, which is yeah, another homage slash spook to, you know, the Western tropes. Three Amigos, too. Let me not forget that either. Because that, that's a spook of, you know, the Western genre or, you know, homage, a long homage to the whole thing. Seemed like Tombstone was like for a while to go to Western movie to air on TV because it was like, oh, we don't have a baseball game on day. Let's air Tombstone. <laughs> yep. Oh yes, the no hope or repeat. You gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. It always makes you think of the Spider in that Rocco episode who was actually controlling the reruns. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, I, I, I would think TV programmers, they really actually say that, too. Rerun, rerun, rerun. Don't these people get enough of that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so, okay, so what we'll do is... All right, so we're pushing the 40-minute mark here. I don't want to go too long. Let's, uh, have to stop the take care of. All right, so what we'll do is we will end this here, and... Don't know. We hopefully will it's like a prequel to the movie because we're, we're gonna get back to the western topic. Yep, so, with more participation. 
Yeah, okay. Um, alright. So, we'll do this here, and, um, hopefully we'll talk again, hopefully we'll have another episode, um, recording session before the end of the 2023 calendar year, but we can't promise anything because everybody is so... <laughs> well, you know. Everybody's got their own thing. Alright, so. Signing off. Got it. Until next time, people. <laughs>